Hey there, welcome to the show. So, is everybody excited about the summer fast approaching? We've got an election coming up for the province and, of course, real estate. Uh, so much to talk about today. And just so you know, if you're just tuning in for the first time of the show, every single month we have a section called the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And my guest joining me, Tim Serianos, he's a broker owner of Remax Ultimate and Dave Butler, broker owner of BM Select. So they'll be joining me uh, shortly and we're going to be talking about everything real estate related. And uh, yeah, but you know what? It's it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people think the sky's falling. I'm going to tell you it's not. Um, I know some people want to jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, but Todd, you, you know, you invested real estate. You know, you're part of that 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 group. And it's like, well, listen, just so we're clear. We don't have enough inventory. There's a, a strong upsurge in the rental market. You know, things are still affordable. I know interest rates gone up a little, but you know, quite frankly, I think we're still looking at some real strong activity in the market for the rest of the year. So, um, by the way, if you want to find out more about us at the simple investor, just go to simpleinvestor.com or you can follow me on Instagram, the simple investor one, and, uh, you'll find out all about what we do as far as investment, real estate and opportunities all over Ontario. But um, as I mentioned, um, you know, coming up now, the Real Estate Talk Triangle, we, we, we created this years ago and I've had some great panelists join me. And, you know, fortunately, these gentlemen, they are part of the narrative when we talk about real estate here in Ontario. So joining me now, I've got Tim Serianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate. He's past president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. He's also a director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. Just for clarity, uh, Tim's comments on this are Tim's and Tim's alone. And then I've got Dave Butler. Dave is the broker owner of BM Select. You hear Dave pretty regularly here. He is my go-to person for uh, mortgages. And gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Todd. Thank you very much, Todd. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure having you join me, guys. I think we have a lot to uncover today. Tim, I'll let you get started. You know, first and foremost, you know, some people are saying the sky's falling a little, but I'll tell you, the the reports are all over the map. Tell us what's going on in the market. Well, I'd like to start off by saying that this is not a crash. Uh, so a lot of people have, have asked the same questions of our realtors in our offices, especially in our market being in downtown Toronto. Uh, but we do cover quite a bit of the uh, greater Toronto area as well. We have agents who live in, in places like Pickering and Ajax and Markham and Newmarket and Oakville. So we got a really good bearing of, of uh, and a good understanding of what is happening out there. Um, yes, there has been a shift. We are, you know, right now looking at what interest rates are doing and the mindset uh, of the consumer. But, you know, what I do want to share, you know, with you, Todd and Dave and everybody else who's listening is that um, 70% of homes, you know, are still getting multiples. We are still in a seller's market. We are not in a buyer's market. Um, yes, you can flip it around and, and make a big statement that 30% are not receiving multiples. We have to acknowledge that prices have, you know, shifted. Um, we're no, you know, the biggest problem we're having right now is, um, and the challenge is educating the consumer, the sellers, that the prices that were there in February, the prices that were there in March are not there anymore. We're looking at September, October of 2021 pricing. So a lot of that, that, you know, foam that was in the marketplace, that, that excess that was there um, has uh, evaporated, um, but there is still a, a very active market. So Tim, it's interesting that you say that, you know, the pricing and, and, and for some people, they would think that means that the market's retracting, even though if we, you and I do the year over year. So if you, if you go backwards, let's talk about, 
you know, end of May 2021, we still have a significant increase if you talk about May 2022. Well, yes. And, and if we go back to what we projected for 2022, uh, we talked about, you know, I think you and I debated about what the pricing will be the year going forward. Um, playing playing it back, you know, I, I probably I said around right. nine, I, I, yeah, 9% or so is what I said. Um, I said seven, I think, Tim. I think I'm going to yeah. be right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, let's look, let's look at both our numbers here. The market, you know, uh, rocketed to 25% and now you're, you know, or 30 and now you're seeing it pulling back. And, and I really do believe that we're both going to be in that range. You and I will have to buy each other a coffee on who wins by the percentage points. But, um, you know, you're, you're going to look at that by year end, that's where we're going to end up. So Dave, not to keep you out of the conversation, you know, obviously for yourself and BM, you guys are still seeing lots of mortgage applications, lots of heat in the market as Tim had indicated, you know, and this is the one thing that whenever, whenever the headlines and, and, and I always caution our listeners, don't listen to headlines. They normally are misleading. They don't give you the exact science of the math, but Dave, can you tell us, are you still seeing like strong activity for people taking new approvals? Well, it's interesting. We're, you know, I, we keep very, very, very tight track of our numbers year over year, month over month. And I mean, we are still in 2022, we are still very high up on our numbers of closed files from 2021. So, you know, that is something to keep in mind. I know a lot of people are calling, you know, as Tim says, the sky is falling. We're not seeing that. Um, I think there's going to be certain types of mortgage brokerages that may may suffer from their approach right now a lot of these rate site um you know companies i find are struggling but if you are working with a demographic of people that are still active shoppers and i.e for us we are working with a lot of real estate investors a lot of real estate investors are finding this you know little new price discovery if i'll call it as a bit of an omen for them to be able to get a bit of deals. And, you know, where some people might say things are looking bad, a lot of other customers, especially investors are saying, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to maybe get in a little cheaper than I would have. Um, and certainly, you know, the big thing is the big talk is always about with rates and how that's curbing demand. You know, I still throw out there and I'm still very much, uh, you know, a screaming out the top of my lungs. We still have only seen an increase in the variable rate of about 0.75%, right? So we've got a 0.75% increase from the Bank of Canada. That is not absolutely massive. That is been that has been digested. We are seeing certainly more people staying away from fixed rates, going variable, but not a major change. So for us, it's been very, very busy. We have hired, we're still hiring more people than we've ever hired. We have the biggest staff we've ever had. And we're continuing to dredge on. And it's very, very tough right now because certainly what we're seeing is still high activity. And again, it's the, the banks are in a position where they're still trying to catch up. So we don't, we're not getting approvals in three, four days like we used to in a healthy market. It is still taking sometimes weeks to get approvals. So that should give a good indication to the public as to what's really going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the rates because, you know, as you mentioned, 0.75 increase. And you know, Dave, we're coming off a, a historic low. And I think that what has happened is that perception that that's where interest rates should remain. You know, we got spoiled for two years, let's call it that. And then all of a sudden now we have to deal with, you know, inflation, the government also losing their mind when it comes down to gas and a whole bunch of things that are happening in the world. But let's take a look at the three quarters of a point increase. 
I mean, that's barely scratching what we would have deemed to be an exceptionally low interest rate years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you said it perfectly. We are coming off the bottom. We are coming off record lows. Um, so again, I'm not surprised that, you know, you and Tim are seeing a new level of price discovery in the market. I mean, there certainly is some demand has been curbed, but I think Tim said it very perfectly. It was the foam. The foam is certainly kind of come off the top. It's evaporated, but we are left with still, I believe, a market that is very active. And I think if anything, and we talked about this many times before, I want a healthy market. You want a healthy market. I think as Canadians, we want a healthier market. I think the price discovery that we were seeing this parabolic move in prices because of um, everything that was going on was not necessarily healthy. But um, again, I'm all about price discovery and markets. And at the end of the day, we want to look at units units and transactions that's the numbers we really want to keep our eye on and as far as i can see we're still shaping up to have 2022 be a very 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 high number of transactions it's not going to hit 2021 but we are closing in on what's going to end up still being a very big year you know tim you and i have talked about obviously the number of units of sales and it, you know, the beginning of the year was gangbusters i mean it was just so so far ahead of what we would normally take a look at um you know, and Dave brings up a good point, you know, 2021 basically set set a record. When we take a look at what the potential of 2022 is now that we're, you know, we're not quite halfway there. Tim, what do you think? Where where do you think our, our actual number of sales are going to come in this year? I'm, I'm going to stick right to the same uh, numbers that I was saying. We'll have either the second or third best um, uh, results as an MLS in Toronto, um, you know, uh, from years past. Um, obviously with every, you know, increase in interest rates and I do, you know, not to step on Dave's toes here, but I do believe we'll have, uh, another, you know, significant bump that will, you know, that will, you know, affect the marketplace. Um, you know, probably going to have about seven to 12,000 less sales than we had in 2021. That's my prediction. Um, but again, rates is what inflamed the values, right? Rates are what, you know, drove people, you know, to the market. And, you know, we've always debated, you know, how much of it is, is investor and how much of it is speculator. Uh, I'm going to stick by, you know, my original statements. I've been watching this uh, intently. Uh, this is not a, a, that kind of market. And as a matter of fact, you know, we talked about uh, warning the investor back in December that 2022 would not be the year that you want to be in that place. And, and it's shaping out to be that way. So uh, again, right now we've seen an increase in a lot of supply, which is a great thing, but there's one more thing that I'm starting to notice is that supply is starting to, to, to retract. And what I mean by that is um, a lot of sellers are acting no different than they did, you know, back during the lockdown era. Um, if they can't get their price, they're going to pull it off the market. And if they yeah. pull it off the market, that means that we're going to start having uh, back to supply issues. And as rates do stabilize and as people do realize that these last two or three years were abnormal, you know, in, in every way to interest rates, and they realize that the rates they have today or they'll have in a year from now are more normal, you'll see uh, a big rush to the market again. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. But, folks, when we come back, I'm going to have more with my panel, Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay put. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of the show, we call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle, and we do it every single month. My panelists, Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler, joining me. Tim is the broker owner of REMAX Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director with Canadian Real Estate Association. And Dave, you hear him kind of regularly with me. He is the broker owner of BM Select. 
So guys, we were just talking about the market just before the break. And we were talking about, obviously, you know, number of sales and, and Tim, you, you, you threw out a number and I don't think you're too far off when we think that we're going to be down probably maybe 10% for just volume uh, for this year versus last year. But last year being a record, you know, it's pretty hard to top that unless we uh, kept interest rates right at rock bottom. But, you know, moving forward, we have to take a look at a couple things. Dave, you t- you do work with a lot of real estate investors. The one thing that, you know, even with a little bit of interest increase as far as interest rates, you know, I do want to throw this out there, Dave. I'll get your take on it. But the fact people have to remember that it doesn't matter what interest rates do. Your tenants don't care. So if you've got a good tenant in place, you've got a lock and loaded lease in place, your tenant doesn't care what happens. And a lot of people start worrying that interest rates are going to drive down prices. But here's the thing. If you've got debt in place, your tenant's going to continue to pay the rent that you signed up for. Dave, would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're seeing as you, as we've kind of been seeing in the, in the news and as well, we're getting some stats that rents are flying. And I mean, it, it does make sense to me. Um, you know, you've got some people certainly that are experiencing higher payments, maybe they're on a variable rate. So they're looking possibly at a renewal to charge more. Um, but in, in my opinion, um, that's pretty normal when you've got people, maybe you're taking out that 10% that we talk about that would be in the market. They have to live somewhere. They will be renting. So that's going to cause certainly a supply demand issue with regards to rentals. But as a tenant, tenants are sitting there in a good position, kind of watching it. And as you say, We've got paying tenants. We're not seeing uh, rent solvencies in a bad spot at all right now. So I think at the end of the day, investors are still making correct moves. If they find the right price, if the numbers work for them, then certainly we're still finding them out buying. And as I as I was mentioning, our numbers haven't changed much. We predominantly work with real estate investors, and we are seeing a lot of investors sitting here saying, hey, I am looking at the market in a different way. A lot of investors are fairly sophisticated. I'm not saying all, but certainly a lot of them are. And I think a lot of them are looking at this new price discovery and this new part that we're seeing as more of a short-term thing, because a lot of people realize that if the Bank of Canada continues to increase rates, if the bond yields continue to go up, we are looking at a secondary problem, which is what we've talked about on the show for months now, the big R word, recession. If that happens, you are not going to find the Bank of Canada in any position to raise rates. They are going to have to stop. That will then cause the bond yields to start pricing in no more increases. And you can see a return to what we had. This is all playing out very similarly to what we saw in 2016, 17 and 18, where we had that big increase and then we came back down. But in the end, we were still in a secular bull market. And I think that's where we are today. Yeah. You know, great point, Dave. And, you know, Tim, when we talk about the actual rents going up, you know, and to Dave's point is that we are starting to see rents go up. In fact, we're getting pretty close to the pre-pandemic level as far as, you know, rents. And when we take a look at that, I think it actually makes makes tenants a little bit more aware that, you know, they they, they pay, they, they are more consistent in their tenancy because they know if rents are going up, if they, anything happens, if they do get kicked out of their current existing place, they're going to have to pay a higher rent in a new location. So, Tim, are you finding the rental market as, as hot as it has been uh, over the last little while? Well, I believe we are in pre-pandemic um, you know, areas right now. Uh, the, musical, the musical doors of tenants moving from one uh, unit to another unit um, just to save some money is no longer happening. Um, the, the rates have surpassed that. 
Um, you know, so a lot of the tenants who actually went back to their landlords and renegotiated uh, a better rate early on are the ones who are the big, biggest winners right now. And they definitely do not want to move um, and they shouldn't move. So, yes, the the actual uh, vacancy rate is is dropping, you know, like a rock and and it's getting, you know, multiple offers in the, in the rental market right now, which is quite uh, interesting. You know, I'm getting actually complaints you know, and it's tough, you know, I, I feel for, for the cooperating agent and I feel for the actual tenants who call me and say, you know, Hey, listen, you no, know, I submitted an offer and I'm, you know, one of three or four for a rental right now. And, and it's, and, you know, you just gotta, you know, your, your hands are tied, you know, you wish you can provide, you know, more units for them to be able to be in because that obviously will uh, stabilize the market and stabilize the the rental rates from increasing. So, Tim, do you feel that we're going to run out of inventory? Let's say in the downtown core area. You know, right now a lot of employers are you know mandating people back to work. Some of them aren't giving them the the choice of the hybrid program. Are we finding that you know the people that did move, let's say, out to the to the suburbs or a little further away, they're they're you know keeping that you know, one bedroom or, or bachelor unit now in the downtown core, just so it's a little bit easier to commute? So interesting enough, uh, you know, what, what I'm seeing and, and witnessing is uh, one of my, you know, close colleagues who has a brokerage, um, you know, in the downtown core who specializes in condos, he sent me a picture of the pathway down by the Queens Key, and it was full. It was actually full of people eating, you know, and, you know, if I send you this picture, It'll, it'll look like it was pre-pandemic. So yes, there's a hybrid model and I respect the hybrid model. I think that, that you know, as we've talked about in the past, that it's, you know, pretty much here to stay. Um, but it's it's quite interesting to see just how many people uh, are returning back to work and actually enjoying it. Uh, I believe the hardest hit uh, neighborhoods right now are the ones that are outside of the downtown core. You know, the further out you go, the more people drove out to buy something um, you know, thinking that this will be the new way of life is, is you know, some of them are actually getting an un- the unfortunate news of, you know, having to come back to work and trying to find a unit. And, uh, you know, if they bought something or own something, great. If they're looking to rent something, you know, tough, right? It's, it's, a, it's a tough market right now. So, but yes, I haven't, we haven't seen those units come up for sale. Um, just to answer that part of the question. Um, we're actually seeing people maintaining them, but we are seeing more and more people coming back in. You know, we are, uh, we're suffering through a, um, a construction strike to, uh, at different levels. And a lot of the condominium developers right now, Tim, are saying that, you know, we could be looking at a delay between six months and another year. Do you think that that's going to add heated pressure into the rental market as well? No doubt about it. I, I believe that we're going to, you know, all these delays, um, you know, not being able to find people to, you know, finish these projects um, is, is a real problem. And um, that is what's going to contribute to, um, you know, contribute to the, to the escalation of price in the rental market. And that's what concerns me about even the, um, you know, the policy make, making or promises, you know, that are, that are here right now, you know, from the governments about building. I mean, we got to find people to build. Uh, to be able to get in there and start building more so than more so than ever. Well, you know, and Dave, this brings uh, up the question with the federal government turning around saying we don't want foreign investors. But you know, a lot of foreign investors, when they buy, they put them into a rental you know, program. So they'll hire you know property management companies. A lot of the condominiums will do that for them. And yet, you know, we could use more and more of these rental properties coming into our marketplace. Oh, I mean, you know, (laughs) I still feel like we're just beating our heads against the wall here because, you know, with respect to 
you know, supply and demand. We just, you and I and Tim have been beating this drum now for months that, you know, the supply issue is an issue. You know, you've got immigration at all time highs. Ontario is going to be picking up more immigrants than they've ever had ever. Uh, and then over the next three, four, five years, and yet we want to, and it seems like everyone wants to try to curb the demand. How are you going to do that when you're bringing that many people in here? Supply demand is very simple. If the demand is there, we have to increase the supply, but yet the supply just continues to get <clears throat> stonewalled, installed. And as you say, we have construction strikes now. This is interesting to me in that we continually look at an economics problem and are only focusing on one side, only focusing on demand, but yet demand is there. That's not going to change. The supply issue, it, to me, has always been the biggest issue. And I think to all of us, it's been the biggest issue. And it's just sad to see that we are in this state where demand has to be the part of the economic problem that we're looking at. Demand, having high demand, in my opinion, is a great thing. But obviously, not being able to keep up with the supply is an, a massive, massive problem for us. Yeah, and I'm going to pick on the federal government on this again, since they're opening up the borders. But I, in my opinion, they need to mandate that we bring some of the trades in as we continue on with our immigration and I think that that, you know, they've got to put more weight on somebody that wants to immigrate. That could be a bricklayer, somebody that's going to be a plumber, electrician. You know, they can get certified here fairly easily in Ontario. But I think it's going to be really important. So, guys, we're going to go to a quick break. And, folks, when we come back, I'll have more with my panel, Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of the show, it's called the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And my panelists each month joining me, broker owner of REMAX Ultimate, former president of the Toronto uh, Real Estate Board, and currently director at Canadian Real Estate Association, Tim Sirianos, and the broker owner of BM Select, Dave Butler. Guys, just before the break, we were talking about immigration, and, and I threw it out there just saying, you know, I think that we need to mandate some of the trades coming in. Dave, you know, I think... You know, we, we do have a demand uh, problem. We have an inventory problem. I think it's not, I think we're too short-sighted if we say it's only going to be for a couple of years. I think we are decades into, you know, the shortage and we need to, we need to find a solution here. It's, you know what, you, it's a fantastic point you bring up. And I learned something uh, this week, actually, I, from, a, I can't remember the actual person that had, had put out the study, but there was actually something that no one's talked about, which is that. In Canada and specifically Ontario, we are working with a lot of foreign students that are coming in, but yet the foreign students that are coming in generally once they graduate are not leaving. And those stats are not being counted in our immigration statistics, believe it or not. And so what we're finding is even though we're hearing that, you know, the amount of immigrants coming in is high. It's actually higher when you count these students that are staying. Now, here's the thing that gets to your point. If we're bringing in all these students that are attending our universities and colleges, how many of them are actually going to school for bricklaying? How many of them are going to school for a trade? We know that that's likely not the case. So that's exasperating the issue that we're having, which is as to you, you and Tim have pointed this out very astutely for months. We do not bring in the type of people into this country that are going to help with our housing supply problem. We are certainly bringing lots of people that are going to be demanding getting in a home because they have now great jobs and they have good income. But we are certainly not in any way fixing this supply issue. And it goes back to the trades as well, like you guys have said for many months. Yeah, you know, Tim, uh, Dave makes a great point, you know, and this is a conversation we've had in length, actually, for, for several years uh, with, with Tim and I. And, you know, Tim, the one, the one biggest thing I feel is the fact that we're also, 
um, you know, missing the fact that our tradespeople are also now aging and we are going to have the biggest amount of trades retiring over the next 10 years. You know, you, you know, we think our, our, our demand can be met in 10 years. I think it's going to be triple what we think it will be in 10 years. Uh, you know, when, when Dave started talking about it, the first thing I thought is, you know, n- none of us three are volunteering for immigration minister here, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 um, it, it's a tough one, right? Because I have two uh, uh, kids who are in University of Toronto. Um, we talked about the students who come here um, and they don't leave. They love Canada after they assimilate. Um, and you're absolutely right, Dave. Dave, you made a, a fantastic point that, uh, the immigration numbers are not accurate. They're a lot higher. And um, and look, you know, my kids did not go to school to become bricklayers. They didn't go to school to become electricians. Um, I'd be very happy if they did. It doesn't make a difference, uh, but they didn't, you know, and that is the reality of where we are right now. Um, I always question as a employer uh, of a brokerage, you know, of 250 agents and and I'm wondering where where do all the employees go, right? Like you go to a restaurant now and, and it's hard to get service. You go to a, a clothing store, it's hard to get service. It's like, it's really, really tough out there for employment. And, and that just, you know, uh, is a great uh, picture of what we're going to be contending with, even in our housing industry, when it comes to uh, big cities like Toronto, um, that's expanding and trying to expand, Um you know, we, we need to find a way and the solution is to find people who want to fall in love with trades and start building for us. You know, I, I interesting point, Tim, because I think most people want to be a social media influencer nowadays, you know, <laughs> superstars on TikTok and all that, yes. which yes. by the way, gentlemen, I do see some of your Instagram posts just so we're throwing it out there, but no fear. You will not be stars at that. You're better in your trades that you work with right now. You know, it's it's interesting though, Tim, because as as we continue on, you know, we are taking a look at different marketplaces. You know, cottage country, for example, um, there is no let up there right now. You know, inventory is still just historically low. Prices are still rising. It's almost impossible to get your hands on a cottage, and right now, cottage rentals are through the roof. You know, and this is, you know, again, this is in the outer areas, but we're seeing incredible traction still. Well, people have fallen, like, you know, what COVID has done is, is allowed people to, you know, yes, there's been the, you know, the lack of opportunity to fly or travel for a period of time. That's all being lifted. A lot of people are able to uh, board a plane and, and start their traveling again. But a lot of people have actually, you know, started to look at, you know, their backyard and the opportunities to, you know, have staycations in essence, right? Well, staycations not at home, but, you know, within the same province and and rent cottages and, and um, you know, and, and spend it here in Ontario. But, you know, the reason why, you know, the cottage country is not the same as, as the real estate, you know, business in like Toronto is, you know, it's a fact. If you don't have to sell, you won't, you know? And um, right now people have changed their lifestyles. They're enjoying the cottage lifestyle. Um, you know, I don't have a cottage, but, um, I know you gentlemen both do, and I, I always have the best cottage is yours. So I'm always open to an invitation, <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know why I haven't been invited yet, but that's okay. I won't go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, cottages will be and continue to be in demand. And those are a luxury type of real estate. Um, it's not a lifestyle shift, you know, where people have had more children or getting married or getting relocated. It's a lifestyle purchase, and that's why you're not seeing more of those being sold. You know, Dave, um, Tim makes a great point. You know, you are a cottager, so am I, um, you know, having owned a cottage for years and many, many years. 
and, and yourself going through renovations to make it better. You know, I think what has happened during the pandemic is, as Tim had alluded to, that, you know, kind of like staycation, but more people saw the value in being able to stay in Ontario, not worry about travel, not have to get on a plane, you know, not worry about crossing borders, not worrying about what country has what mandate in place. And certainly I have seen the increase in, you know, basic traffic going into cottage country. Oh my God. I mean, uh, you know, this, the, the, the pandemic effectively opened up the eyes of many because as we all remember in 2020 you could not travel and most of 2021 still people weren't able to travel as much as they wanted to so they were almost forced to vacation in their backyard here in ontario find places that they've never discovered before and i think a lot of people realize we have a beautiful country we have some great places to stay and as to your point you know now when you make the choice of going on a summer vacation do you go and battle the airlines and all this stuff? We're seeing all the headlines of police getting called in to deal with all the craziness at the airlines recently. Um, or do you, you know, and all the high costs of, you know, cause the costs of obviously everything are still insanely high as well. So do you just maybe stay in your own backyard and go to a cottage? And I think you and I are seeing the same thing. Um, I spoke to just recently a gentleman who owns a cottage resort, a very well-known cottage resort in our area. Um, in the pandemic, right in the middle of it, he had told me that they were as busy as ever. And it was shocking because 30% of their typical um, person that would come and rent out some of their cottages was from the U.S. And as we know, in 2020, no one from the U.S. was coming in. So the amount of demand that was picked up through Canadians was huge. He says to me the other day when I'm getting my CDUs out and I'm speaking to him and he says, Dave, you're not going to believe it. We're still sold out. We are been sold out for over a month now for the entire season. And again, the U.S. people that were coming in, he pegged at 3%. So it's interesting. Not just people in Canada are staying in their backyard for vacations. He thinks people in the U.S. are also staying because they've also found some lost loves or some new hidden loves in their areas as well. So I think something has sparked. And as to Tim's, Tim's point, you know, a lot of people right now are not giving up their cottage. They know that it's a, it's a it's a luxury. They're keeping it. And more importantly, you're seeing some high income people coming in and wanting to buy up other cottages. And certainly that's going to drive the price when you don't have any supply. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people, you know, it, it's new for them also because it, it was easy enough to cross the border before the pandemic started. People would go to the U.S. and actually rent cottages in the U.S. Now, you know, as, as I say, you know, good things grow in Ontario. A lot of people now for Ontario cottage country, I think, is going to continue to have a huge, huge demand. And again, supply is very limited. And building in cottage country is a lot more difficult than it is, let's say, in your typical city municipality. Would you agree, Dave? Oh, my God. And way more expensive. I mean, uh, you know, if you think it's expensive getting lumber and everything else and getting the trade out in the GTA and in major urban areas. Good luck with finding, you know, with finding people that are going to be cheap up in cottage country and finding uh, you know, lumber and finding supplies. I mean, it's just it's a whole different ballgame. I remember going through a big, large edition in 2018 and I was just blown away at the cost. 
the stuff that I'm hearing now with regards to the cost of renovating and building cottages up north is staggering. It blows my mind. And uh, this is from someone who doesn't mind spending money. And even myself, I've been putting off the last little addition project at my cottage for years now, hoping to kind of hit a bit of a dip and it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Anyways, speaking <laughs> of don't hold your breath, folks, we're going to go to a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to have more with my panelists, Tim Serianos, Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. So this is the final section of the Real Estate Talk Triangle with my panelists, Dave Butler, broker owner of BM Select. And we've got Tim Sirianos along as usual. He's broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And just so you know, Tim's opinions are Tim's opinions themselves and not reflective of the Canadian Real Estate Association. And uh, just before the break, you know, we were diving into the cottage country a little and both Dave and I are cottagers. Uh, Tim has uh, uh, got a, a lengthy invite, you know, coming to him to uh, start off at Dave's place. Dave, sorry, I'm just going to make sure that Tim's a good cottage guest, and then you can give me a rating on him, okay? Um, <laughs> so, um, so let's let's talk about some other stuff, some other headlines in the news, gentlemen. So, Tim, I'm going to start off with you. You know, the uh, BMO is tell, starting to say that the market is heading towards being a buyer's market, but then you turn around, you got RBC saying, "Don't count on it. It's uh, it's pretty much a stable market." So we've got a couple of economists that are not of like minds, and you know, it feels like a little bit of a push and pull in the situation where we're in currently, Tim. It's it's really uh, something that we deal with as an industry and as a broker owner. You know, managing my team, I deal with on a regular basis. Uh, we have meetings uh, every several weeks uh, where I dive down into the stats of you know, the trenches, I call them, of our personal transactions, right? And uh, also we keep in touch with, you know, people uh, in our industry within the same brand, sometimes, with, you know, without the same brand. And, you know, we talk, you know, right across the 401 and QEW and up to 400, right? And we and we talk about what, you know, the the buying, you know, perception and, and the perception of the buyer and, and the buying kind of tendencies are and what they're seeing, right? So, these headlines are always, you know, very confusing, and we spend a lot of time educating. Um, once again, I mean, they can—they've been, you know, claiming a burst of a bubble, uh, what for twenty-five or thirty years. We've had, you know, three months here, six months there, where things have pulled back. Obviously, for obvious reasons, whether it's, uh, you know, the, what happened in 0708 with the global, you know, money markets, what happened in seventeen eighteen, and in in Canada with the, you know, fair housing plan. You know, and, and what happened in 2020, you know, with with a, something that we've never experienced before, which is a pandemic. But each and every single time, what people have to, you know, look at is that history does not typically repeat itself, but there is a rhyme. And the rhyme here is that, you know, there is a period of time where uh, when things, you know, get really overheated, that's the time that you should step aside and 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 look at the market and not make an emotional purchase and look at your lifestyle and, and your life plans. Uh, make sure you have a good mortgage broker uh, that you know will look at your finances and make sure that you can afford not just you know what the rates are today, but what there will be tomorrow, and uh, or projected to be tomorrow, and then you know hit the market. But again, you have a three month, six month, four month kind of you know uh, time frame where things do stabilize, and then things go back to normal again. And I do believe that's what we're going to see again. Yeah. So Dave, Tim makes a good point. And, you know, for yourself, because you work with your own in-house underwriters who are working with some of the major lenders out there, 
Is there some fear in the market? Are the lenders getting a little bit stickier in, you know, in comparison to what they were? Um, You know, it's interesting. We're seeing a lot of the lenders currently still in this kind of part that they were within the pandemic. I mean, it's most of these banks are very behind. Most of them are not in a position where they're getting approvals out like they used to be. And so when you have a time like that, you usually find that they're focusing more on internal as opposed to external. So right now, we're not seeing much from the banks in terms of changes of policies. Um, we're still seeing, we're, you know, the biggest thing we're seeing, obviously, is, you know, people are starting to now qualify for fixed rate. When the people do want fixed rates, the qualification has changed. And this is actually something not a lot of the public really knows much about, which is that this stress test, which we all know of, um, when the fixed rates go the way they have, and they've now increased to the point that they have, the stress test for the variable is now completely different than the stress test for the fix. And again, this is not known. It's not something people are very aware of, but right now, pre-approvals being done on our side, we now have to give two different pre-approvals, one for variable, one for fixed, because the stress test is different. And to explain to listeners what it is, is there's a basic stress test currently of 5.25%. That's the rate that you have to qualify on to get approved. Well, when it's a fixed rate and the rate is, let's say like today at 4.29, the rule is that you must add 2% to the qualifying rate to, sorry, to the contract rate. And if it's higher than the stress test, you have to use that new stress test. So it's interesting. You've got currently people on variable rate pre-approvals qualifying at the 5.25 stress test. And then you've got people at fixed rates that are qualifying at a higher stress test. And we've actually been seeing issues in the market with respect to clients that had an old pre-approval on a fix, now buying their property, trying to get approved, and the bank coming back and saying, no, you're not approved. You have to now go on a variable rate if you want this. So it's just very interesting what we're seeing behind the scenes. And I think as to your point and what you asked, the banks are not really in a position right now to focus on changes within their internal policies. We're really just finding them trying to adapt to the current changes that are going on that have been forced upon them. All right, gentlemen. So last subject today, and I thought I would just save it to the end because, you know, again, this is more of an opinion, which of course is Tim and Tim's alone, Dave's and Dave's alone, and mine, well, who cares what mine is? But anyways, it's the election coming up. And, you know, the hottest topic Tim, you know this, a lot of politicians promising a lot of things when we talk about real estate. Uh, can I take a pass? I'm kidding. You taking <laughs> a knee on this one? No, okay, no, Dave, let's... no, wait, no, wait. I mean, look, uh, it's just a full-blown, you know, a lot of prompts are being made. Uh, I just want to focus on the real estate industry. I'm hoping that they they really look at the nimbyism that exists you know they you know they work with the municipal go- um, governments of the city of the cities of ontario and they really look at how they can you know get more shovels in the ground uh, i just don't like the the word affordable housing being thrown around i've always said that uh, because affordable means different things to different people and that's not what we should be striving to to fix um that's how you know we need to re um rephrase uh, affordable to deal with, you know, you know, social housing, for example. Um, But when it comes to, when it comes to what we need, uh, we need to have a collective, you know, more than a handshake, you know, bear hug agreement uh, between municipalities and whoever's elected uh, to really get, you know, the funding and the, and the, uh, the workflow that is needed to release lands, to, to get the process moving, to get the shovels in the ground, to get moving. Yeah. And Dave, you know, um, I call it housing that's affordable. 
There you go, Tim. Um, but you know, the biggest thing is is that that can mean a lot to everybody, as as Tim had said. You know, it's quite frankly. Um, there are times where we need affordable or low income housing, but when we talk about first time home buyers, you know, it, it's a completely different mindset. I've always been an advocate. Let's drop a ton of these development charges because they're going to make it up at a later date. You know, when people are working with property taxes and income and everything else. So I think that, you know, we need to privatize a lot more than we're doing. And I think that if we could get somebody elected that would actually move this, this ball forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I sit here as a, a, a watcher hoping that, you know, whoever does get elected and who, whoever the public does, you know, put their trust in will really look at some of these issues that we have and, you know, not just window dress them like we've seen in the recent past. Um, you know, we just finished going through a different election very recently. And so far, I don't think any of us can say that some of these promises are looking like they're coming through. So, you know, like with anything, politics is very tough to predict, very, you know, and it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, but certainly, you know, I just hope that whoever does end up getting elected whoever is in power here it can help and that's what we need i mean we really do our you know i think we as canadians want a healthy balanced market i'm very very big proponent of that and uh, i think we need to obviously make our choices based on a part of your choice should be based on how are we going to tackle this housing issue because in canada as much as we don't want to admit it housing has now become an asset class and it's likely happening around the world we need to start focusing more on people that are going to attack some of the issues that we have. Excellent. Well, listen, gentlemen, what a great show. Love having you gentlemen join me on the panel this week as usual. And uh, Tim, when you throw your hat in the ring, Dave and I'll be the first ones to put a lawn <laughs> sign out for you, just so you know. But uh, that's a wrap for this week, folks. And I really do want to thank my panelists, Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. I do want to thank Ian Grant. He's made it simple for me this week as well. And more importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in and making us the number one real estate talk show. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.